Hi, you've reached Holly. I can't come to the phone right now because I'm making a fucking podcast. <laughs> oh, g'day. G'day, everyone. Oh, yuck. Oh, I regret saying that. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh no, who says g'day? Oh, if you know anyone that says g'day, tell them to stop. Stop it. It's so cringe. You're an embarrassment to our country. Gross. <laughs> uh, but yeah, g'day. <laughs> nope, doesn't get any better. Oh, uh, the reason why I'm saying g'day is because I'm back in Australia. I'm back, baby. <laughs> uh, I'm back on Australian soil, finally. Um, finally, because I've been waiting a really long time to come back, uh, and I didn't address this in the previous episodes, but I made the decision to come back to Australia, to move back. Um, some people keep asking me if I'm back for good, and I would say I'm back for now. Indefinitely, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't know where my life is going to take me, (laughs) but I'm back in Australia for now. And yes, I'm moving back. Um, yeah, it was a really hard decision. I sat on it for a really, really long time and I went around and around and around and back and forth and back and forth and around and around and around so many times as to whether I should leave Canada or not. Um, and yeah, I, I made the decision about 10 weeks before I was supposed to fly because yeah, that's when I booked my flight basically. Um, so yeah, 10 weeks ago or 11 weeks ago, I guess, um, doesn't really matter. Yeah. I just, I, I thought I need to be close to friends and family and I need to be in a familiar place. Like it's, everything was really, really difficult. The lockdowns over there are really tough and like, um, geez, it's like a whole different world over here. Like everything over there, it just feels really like gray and doom and gloom and it's really like I I feel for all the people that's that are still going through it like I really I really feel for them it was it was really tough and I'm really grateful that I had the opportunity to get out um because some people don't have that choice and fuck it's really hard (laughs) I mean I'll I'll talk a little bit more about it later on um but yeah, I'm I'm excited to be here. Um, did I say this already? I'm in Perth. I, I don't know. My brain's a little all over the place. Um, but yeah, I'm in Perth. So if you're not from Australia, uh, Perth is on in Western Australia on the west side of the country. And then Sydney is on the east side of the country. I'm from Sydney. That's where my friends and family are. Um, so I'm trying to get to Sydney, but I'm in Perth because that's all I could get. Um, and I'm in hotel quarantine because when you come back to Australia, you have to go into a 14 day mandatory quarantine in a government designated hotel or government designated place, location, whatever. So for me, it's a hotel and for most people, I think it's a hotel. So I'm at the, uh, Pan Pacific in Perth. I'm on level 18. If anyone's walking by, give me a wave because I'm definitely looking out the window. Uh, there's not much to do here. <laughs> um, yeah. So 
I've actually been getting a lot of questions about quarantine because I've been posting on my Instagram, like uh, just like a photo or a video each day, um, just for entertainment, really, um, for no other reason. Uh, yeah, so people keep asking me, they're like, oh, what? Are you in quarantine? What? Can you leave the room? Like, what? And I thought it was common knowledge. I thought it was common knowledge what quarantine meant and like what goes down here, what the process was, but apparently it's not. So I just thought, well, maybe I should answer some of those questions or or just explain the process, really. Um, it's interesting, to say the least, and simultaneously boring, to say, <laughs> to say the least. Um, but yeah, I guess I'll, I'll start from the, the flight process. Um, so I took four flights to get here. Kill me now. Uh, yeah. Oh, fuck. That was a long journey. It was a bit of a blur. The last, the last week or so has been a little bit of a blur. Um, I don't think jet lag hit me too hard. I think it hit me a little bit on the first day, like when I arrived, um, and maybe the second day, but. I don't think it hit me that hard. So I, I don't know. I think it's, it was okay. Um, but yeah, anyway, so I took four flights to get here. I flew from Toronto to Vancouver, Vancouver to Los Angeles, Los Angeles to Auckland and Auckland to Perth. And I thought, how rude, how rude that they couldn't just drop me off in Sydney on the way. I will gladly get my bags myself. I know how to do it. I know how the, I know the drill. Like I can just, just drop me off, just land, drop me off. Uh, pack your shit and go again and drop the rest of them at Perth or yeah wherever they're from oh yeah I really wanted to come straight to Sydney and my original flight was booked to Sydney um but uh it got cancelled I believe it was because they're trying to control how many people are actually coming into the country um which makes total sense but very inconvenient for me um so that was really annoying because, uh, like I said before, I booked it like 10 weeks ago. And at the time of booking, I was like, okay, cool. I'm finally set in this decision that I'm going to leave. 10 weeks is a really long time to wait, but cool. I'm going home. It's confirmed. That's it. Um, and then, yeah, I think it was like a week before my flight. Uh, they told me it was cancelled and I was like, fuck, like, why, why did you wait till all this time to tell me that it was cancelled? Um, so then I was looking around for other flights. Um, there was nothing available unless I wanted to pay about seven grand and upwards for one way. Um, I'm not even joking. Like one way was yeah, I think I think the cheapest one I could find was about three thousand dollars, three thousand, I think it was Canadian. Yeah, three thousand Canadian, which is not far off of Australian dollars. Um, yeah, or it was like five thousand, seven thousand. I saw flights for ten thousand. I saw flights for twenty four thousand. Like I'm not even joking. It was insane. Um, even the worst journeys as well, like the flight time for you know. Uh, 40 hours, 50 hours or something with all of these ridiculous crappy layovers that was still like five to seven grand. And I was like, I, oh my God, like I'm, I'm never going home. It's not going to happen. Um, which would have been fine. Like I have a Canadian passport, so I could stay longer if I wanted to, which is great. Like I'm grateful that I had that choice. Um, I wasn't like on a visa or a time limit or anything like that, but I'd waited 10 weeks with the idea in my mind that I was going home 
uh, and I'm, you know, I kind of waited more than 10 weeks because I was thinking about it and whatever. Um, so that was really, oh, fuck. It was such a roller coaster ride like, of emotions. It was very up and down. It was very like, oh, you're going home. No, you're not going home. Oh, you might go home. No, you're not going home. Oh, you could go home, but it will be $24,000. And I'm like, yeah, no, like I'm not doing that. <laughs> I don't have $24,000. I barely even have $3,000. <laughs> um, God, not made of money. Uh, yeah, anyway, so... Uh, I got in touch with a travel agent um, recommended to me by a friend because this travel agent apparently is helping other Australians get out of Canada and get home. Uh, so I reached out to him and I was like, look, these are the flights I'm looking at. Can you help? What What are my best options? What is the likelihood that these flights will be cancelled again? Um, and he was super helpful, like super helpful. He said, you know, travel agents – you're better off booking through a travel agent at this stage because, um, you know, at least we can kind of advocate for you when things turn to shit, basically. He, you know, he didn't say it in those words, but um, yeah, so booking online, there's more chance that you'll be bumped and cancelled and whatever. So um, anyway, he found me a flight uh, and he said it's to Perth. And I was like, eh. uh, great. So I had to think about that one. I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to go to Perth. It means like I've got to do quarantine there because, you know, your first point of entry, that's where you have to do quarantine, um, which was fine. Like I obviously I, I can do the quarantine in Perth, but yeah, it was just it was just one of those times where I was like, just get me home. Like I just I don't want to add any more legs to this journey. Like I just want to go home. Um, I've waited and waited and waited and I just I can't be patient anymore. <laughs> Oh, I've waited. <laughs> I've tried being patient. I'm not patient anymore. Oh, um, anyway, uh, so when I said, you know, try and find me a flight to Sydney, there were no flights to Sydney. I really wanted to leave as soon as possible. I probably could have found a flight to Sydney had I waited longer. I didn't want to do that. So I took Perth and here I am. Um, yeah, so after those four flights, oh, wow, I just I've got like PTSD or something. Um, yeah, so I entered, um, Western Australia and I'm very impressed with how they handled the situation, like from the airport to the hotel. I'm really impressed. Like it was very, um, I don't know what the words are, like very regimented, like very, like step-by-step, step. you know, you go to one person, they're like, okay, um, you know, do you have any symptoms and like sanitize your hands? And then the next step was, you know, show your passport and your paperwork and blah, blah, blah. And the next step was something else. And the next step was something else. Like it was very, it was step by step and it was time consuming, but not crazy time consuming. Like it wasn't, I wasn't there for hours or anything like that. And it was somewhat very straightforward. Um, maybe Perth airport is less busy and maybe that's why. So maybe in Sydney, it would have been a different story. I'm not sure. Um, but either way, I think they did a great job, um, from, yeah, literally leaving the plane to getting into the hotel. Um, like I said, it was a bit of a blur cause I was very tired. Um, I took, oh, I took a, I took a drowsy pill, whatever. It was like a pill for motion sickness, but it makes you drowsy. I took that four hours before I was landing cause I'm a fucking idiot. Um, because it was a, an eight hour flight, that last one. And at the start, I was like, oh, you know, I'm tired enough. I'll sleep. It's fine. 
Um, and it was an empty flight. So I had a whole road to myself, which was great. Um, but yeah, four hours in, I was like, oh, I'm kind of tired. Like I really want to sleep, but I can't. So I took the pill and I kind of slept, but I also kept waking up and thinking, oh my God, where, where am I? What's going on? And the lady's asking me if I want to drink. And I was like, what? Who are you? <laughs> where, where am I? <laughs> I was like, well, these pills work. That's for sure. So yeah, getting off the plane, I was like, what? Where am I? <laughs> um, it was, yeah, it was kind of weird. And people were asking me questions and they were asking for paperwork. And I was like, what? <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, so we got off the flight, uh, we went straight through customs, I believe. Um, and there were a couple of people on the way through customs who like, you know, the first person she asked you, you know, when was the last time you changed your mask? Cause you have to wear the mask, uh, the whole time, airports, planes, everything, you can take it down to eat and that's it. You've got to put it straight back on. And sometimes when they walk past to give you your, uh, to give other people food and, you know, with the little food trolley, um, you have to put it back on just while they walk past, like just, you know, while they're in close proximity. Um, so yeah, she, and the plane, um, the people on the people on the plane, the flight attendants, they ask you, uh, if you want like a, a fresh mask and they hand out fresh masks all the time. So, uh, that was really good. Like they were really on top of everything. Um, yeah, so, uh, in customs, there was another person, they said, you know, when was the last time you changed your mask? And I said, I just changed it on the plane. And she said, okay, cool. Can you sanitize your hands, please? So she gave me hand sanitizer. And then she said, you know, go to the next person. She's going to take your temperature. I was like, cool, go to the next person. She takes my temperature. Um, and then she asked me if I have any symptoms and I said, no. Um, you know, she goes through the whole list. Um, and then she says, cool, go through, go to the line. So then I go to the customs window um, where they check your passport. He said, can I have your passport and your boarding card? Well, not boarding card, whatever the entry card or whatever it is. Um, so he checks that and he asked me, what are you doing in Perth? And I was like, I'm trying to get to Sydney. Perth was all I could get. Um, and he said, cool. Um, so he gave me my passport back and then I left that area and we went down to the carousel where you get your bags. So I went to the carousel, got my bags. Um, oh, okay. So the bag situation. <laughs> because I'm moving, I have a lot of bags. I never travel with this much baggage ever in my life. But this time I had four checked bags, four big suitcases and uh, like a duffel bag for my carry-on. So I had five bags in total. I know I'm a fucking diva. I get it. Like whatever. <laughs> I'm moving. Okay. I'm not out here on a holiday. Anyway, so I had four bags to collect, got one of those trolleys, got my bags, and then we had to line up again. Um, the next person, the next like official, uh, whatever they're called, customs agent. I don't know. There was a mix of like police, customs officers, and also people in camo. So not the army. It was someone else. I don't know the uniforms. I don't know the separation of the uniforms, but someone in camo, um, I don't know if it was the AFP. No, they don't have camo. I don't know what it was. It wasn't the army. It was a different kind of different camo. I don't know. Anyway, a mixture of uh, law enforcement. So, um, yes, this this part we had to line up and present our passes to get into WA. So for WA and I, I believe it's Tasmania, you have to have a specific pass um, 
to like so you have to fill out this form and then uh, say where you're going to be doing quarantine. Um, but you don't know where you're going to do quarantine until you get there. So at this point, I still didn't know where I was going to be. Um, but yeah, somehow you have to fill out this form and then they ask you if you have this pass. Um, and then so you have to show them that, show them your passport again, show them all the paperwork. Uh, I think at one point somebody asked for the results for my COVID test because you have to have a COVID test before you leave. Um, I feel like I'm mixing all of these up, but that's kind of what it felt like because I, I don't know. Uh, it was a different paper at each point and each person. Um, yeah, all very confusing. Uh, but yeah, so he was like, cool, you got your pass. Awesome. Go to the next person. So I went to the next person. He asked to scan my pass. And then on this app thing that he scanned, it said day one of quarantine. So I was like, okay, cool. Like, I think this is how they track you, like where, so they track where you're going to be and whether you move around from your quarantine location, which doesn't really make sense at this point because I wasn't in the hotel yet. I was still in the airport. Anyway, it doesn't matter. He said, cool, uh, what are you doing in Perth? And I was like, I am from Sydney. I'm trying to get to Sydney, but I'm in Perth for my quarantine because that's all I could get. Same story. And he said, awesome. Welcome home, Holly. And I was like, thank you very much. And then he was like, be on your way. Go to this lady down the other end. She will tell you about your quarantine. I was like, awesome. So I went down to this lady. She said, hi, how are you doing? And I was like, great. Um, with a lot less enthusiasm than that because I was very tired. <laughs> um, but she, uh, she said, oh, so today you're going to the Pan Pacific Hotel. Do you have any questions? And I was like, what? what do you mean? Do I have any questions? You, you're just going to tell me that and then ask me if I have any questions. Like, of course I have questions, <laughs> but I just said, uh, no, not at the moment, I, I guess. Cause you know, she just dropped a bomb on me and just, do I have any questions? Yeah, of course I have questions, but I couldn't think of any at the time. Um, but I was like, whatever, that's cool. Um, yeah. So, uh, I went to the next person, she marked my name off and she said, go sit over there. Uh, so they had all the chairs lined up next to the carousel like all separated um in rows um so you had to sit on the chair and just wait so then someone else came past and like took down your name said you're going to the pan pacific do you have any questions and I was like yes I have questions but I can't think of the questions right now and also what do you mean do I have questions like about what like you haven't told me anything else so yeah I have questions but I also don't know does that make sense like I don't know <laughs> um you know, I just, I had some confusion. That's all. Not questions. I had some confusion or just curiosities, um, but no brain cells at that time. Um, yeah. So anyway, we had to wait there. They took the first row. They said, okay, first row, get up, get your bags. We're going on the bus. Um, so the first row left and I was in the second row. Uh, then they came over and said, okay, second row, get up, get your bags. We're going on the bus. And I was like, cool. So we all walked like single file out of the airport without, well, I had my trolley with my five bags. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> and my, because everything was quite quick, I didn't quite get a chance to like balance out my bags properly on the trolley. I just kind of threw them on there. So like I, I could tell that the weight was uneven and I was like, okay, I've got to hold on to the bag somehow because otherwise it's going to, the whole thing's going to fall over. So I had to go really slow as well. Um, and I just had all these things in my hand, like my passport and my papers and, blah, and my jacket and it was hot and uh, whatever. Like I just, I couldn't quite get a grip on everything, but I, we were all just walking single file. And I think I was about halfway in between the group. Um, 
so I just I saw this ramp, this down downhill ramp coming up, and I was like, oh no, oh no, like my bags are gonna fall, and I'm gonna oh this is gonna be so embarrassing, and I like I have no control over this. So I was like, go slow, go slow. Uh, so I walked down the ramp, uh, and guess what happened? My bags fell off the trolley everywhere. Like they just spilled out everywhere. <laughs> um, and the uh, law enforcement, whoever they were, like in various different uniforms, um, they just stand there and watch you because they can't handle your bags. They can't touch you. No one can touch you um, because, you know, COVID. Um, so they just stood there and looked at me and I was like, um, oh God. Okay. So I'm like picking up my bags and I turn around to the back of the line and I was like, oh my God, guys, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like I knew this was going to happen. That's why I was going slow. And they're like, yeah, whatever. And I was like, okay, cool. So I'm picking up my bags and then, okay, I got down the ramp. I got it. I got it. Cool. And then I look ahead and I see another ramp and I was like, oh no, (laughs) oh, like everybody's walking. So I couldn't stop and like fiddle with the bags and Oh, it was so embarrassing. So yeah, guess what happened on the second ramp? Did it again. Happened again. Um, yeah. So once again, everybody was just looking at me and I was like, look, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like I know traffic jam, like I know. Um, but then somebody else in the line, he came over and he said, do you want me to wheel this bag beside me? Like I, I've got an extra hand. And I thought, yes, please. Thank you. Like he was very nice. We were all going onto the same bus, so I wasn't worried. It was fine. Um, it's not like he was going to run away. So, um, that was very nice of him. Thank God. Uh, yeah. So he willed that away for me and then I got the rest onto the trolley and was on my merry way. Um, so yeah, we went and jumped on the bus and once again, we had to go through like two or three different people. Uh, this lady at the bus, she was like, okay, you know, come on, pick up your bags. You have to put your bags on the bus yourself. Like no one can touch them. Uh, But then there was another person on the bus telling you where to put the bags. Um, And this this woman on the bus had an attitude about her. Like, I don't know what the problem was. Nobody was uncooperative. Everybody was cooperating. We were all tired. We were all trying to get on the bus as quickly as possible. Despite the traffic jam I caused, like we were still cooperating. And she just kept yelling at everyone to put no put your bag over there can you oh can you put it there please and it's just like okay well I don't understand the problem like we all know how to put our bags on the bus there's plenty of room it was one of those um one of those bus well it's like two buses but joined together in the middle like there was plenty of room and there was only like I think maybe 10 to 12 of us on the bus um plus bags so yeah, she's just yelling at everybody and then she's yelling like, oh, which, which bag is yours? Which bag? And I'm like, this, these ones. Like, okay, cool. Like, do is there a problem? Like, what's going on? Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, that was over. Um, oh, no, sorry, before that was over, she looked at my bags and she said to me, she was like, well, that's a lot of stuff. And I was like, lady, I didn't go on a holiday. It was a big move. And I said that. I was like, yeah, well, it was a big move. I'm like, why are you giving me attitude? I'm not... Like, I'm cooperating here. <laughs> oh, anyway, um, yes, yeah, so anyway, we went on the bus. They took us to the hotel. Once we got off the bus at the hotel, we had to get off one by one. Uh, again, there was all these, like, hotel staff and police uh, at the door telling us to get off one by one. And they asked us if we needed one of those trolleys, like the porter trolleys at the hotel. Um, and yes, me and my five bags, we need a trolley. Thank you very much. So they wheeled the trolley up to the bus and then they told me to get off and bring my bags out one by one. 
Um, not sure I needed that instruction, um, but they were definitely very um, forceful with their words. Um, so then <laughs> he was telling me like how to wheel the trolley because again, you can't, they can't help you. Like you have to wheel up the trolley all yourself. And I saw the ramp ahead of me and I was like, oh God, but it's okay. This trolley was a lot bigger and a lot more stable. So it was fine. But this time I had to go uphill and that was really hard because, you know, I've had five bags. It was heavy. Um, so that was funny because they just stood there and watched me struggle. Um, <laughs> so yeah, went, uh, inside at the door, you had to sanitize your hands again, then go down the ramp. And I was like, great, another ramp. Can't wait. Um, so down the bottom of the ramp was the front desk and at the front desk, they gave me, uh, my room key and the paperwork. Um, then they said, go to the elevator. So at the elevator, there was a person at the elevator pushing the buttons for you. Um, and then you go in the elevator by yourself. Once you exit the elevator, there were two, two guys outside the elevator, um, directing us to our rooms. It seems, it seemed a little excessive, all those people, but at the same time, I'm like, no, that, that kind of makes sense. You know, so you're not touching all the surfaces and getting lost and whatever. Like they're just trying to get you in and in and out pretty quickly. So yeah, I guess it makes sense. Um, but anyway, when I got out of the elevator, um, it was a very tight, a tight turn, tight turning circle that I had with this, um, trolley. Uh, and the two guys that were waiting outside, uh, they look like secret service agents. They're wearing suits with the little earpiece thing. Um, and they just watched me and I, they said, oh, what's your room number? And I told them the room number and they said, okay, straight down the hall. And I was like, yep, yep. Just, uh, just give me a second because I, uh, this thing's really hard to steer because at the time I was like fumbling around doing a 100 point turn out of the elevator and I was bumping into the table and like, it was just a fucking nightmare, <laughs> just embarrassing myself. Um, and I said to him, I was like, look, yeah, sorry, it's really hard to steer. And he started laughing at me and I was like, well, you know, at least I entertained somebody. Um, yeah. And then I, I went straight to the room, put my bags in, put the trolley back outside and that's it. Close the door forever. Well, not forever, but for 14 days. So here I am, uh, hotel quarantine for 14 days. Um, yeah, that's about it. It was a very, sounds like a very long winded process, but it felt quick at the time. Like it was, it was a lot of people to go through, but at the same time it was quick. Uh, they did it one by one, but it was, yeah, I don't know. It was all, it was, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. That's all I have to say. I, I think they did a very good job. Um, despite the, uh, delays that I caused throughout the process. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, to answer some quarantine questions, so people were asking me about the quarantine. Um, they were asking me, can you leave the hotel and can you get outside? Do you have like, you know, 30 minutes of outside time and, and can you move around somewhere? I don't know. And the answer is no, you can't leave the hotel room. That's it. Um, the hotel room that I'm in does not have a balcony. Um, I know some other people who've done this they were in a hotel room with a balcony so they were able to go outside mine does not unfortunately um and also I cannot open the window um which also sucks 
Um, it is a big window though, so that's good because I get a lot of light, natural light, which is important. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's comfortable. You know, my my prison cell is comfortable. Um, I've got a big king bed. Uh, there's a bathroom. There's like a little kitchen area, and by kitchen I mean there's like a small fridge and a kettle. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's kind of it. I've got a TV. I have a desk. I have a little. I call it my reading corner, except I don't really read. So uh, it's just like a little armchair with a with a side table by the window. So that's where I have my my morning coffee. Um, yeah, it's fine. I have space to move around. Um, it is what it is. What can I say? Um, but yeah, I cannot leave the room. That's it. So the deal is they feed you three times a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, obviously. Uh, they knock on your door at these times. Um, you have to wait a little bit for the people to leave, but they are pretty quick usually because sometimes I look I look through the little peephole because I, <laughs> so that's what I look forward to. I look forward to breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So I, I, I hear a noise in the hallway and I, I go straight to the door and I look through the little peephole and I watch them. I watch them put my food down and like run away, scurry away. Um, so you have to wait a little bit and then you have to put your mask on, um, open the door, grab your food, get back inside. Like you can't really go out, um, out of the room. So I thought, oh, how do they know? if you've left your room, like how do they know if you've entered the hallway? Uh, Cause I didn't know if they were like patrolling the hallway. Um, but turns out they are because I heard a noise the other night. So I went to my little peephole and I saw a guy walking up and down. So yeah, they are sort of keeping an eye on us. Um, you know, not that I have any desire to go out there right now, but yeah, it's all very controlled and that's the deal with the food. It's Yeah. Uh, food quality uh, could be better, could be better, but you know, beggars can't be choosers. Um, it's okay. The food is filling enough, but it's, it's not great. <laughs> it's, uh, like some, some of my breakfasts and lunches have just been like, it feels to me like a kid's school lunch. Like I get, you know, a muesli bar and Le snack, which is not real cheese for the love of God, just give me real cheese. I love cheese. <laughs> yeah, a muesli bar and a piece of fruit and uh, they give you like a can of Coke with every lunch or so far I've been given a can of Coke with every lunch and it's no sugar so it tastes like disappointment. Um, but I don't really drink soda and soft drink that often unless it's like a mixer. So I've just been hoarding the cans in my fridge because <laughs> I'm like, well, maybe I'll drink it another day and I haven't. Um but yeah, same with the, they give you like a little orange juice popper, juice box um, for breakfast every morning. And I've been hoarding those too, because I don't really drink them. Um, and the fruit is always like really underripe. I bit into the pear the other day and it was rock hard. I almost broke a tooth. So I was like, no, thank you. Um, so again, I've collected all the fruit and I'm just waiting for it to ripen so that I can be disappointed with that too. Um <laughs> Well, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not too fussy with food. Um, so for the most part, it's been okay, but you know, I do, I do wish that there were just a little bit more flavorful. <laughs> um, but you can order, uh, you can order Uber Eats, um, if you wish. Um, I don't really have the money to do that all the time, 
so I've I haven't yet. Um, but they also have a room service menu, so you can order drinks and you can order. You can only order alcohol from the hotel. Maybe other hotels have a different um, process, but for this one, you can only order from the hotel, which is fine. They have beer, wine, cider, a um, couple of spirits and whatever. Um, yeah, so room service menu as well. They've got a whole bunch of different things. Um, they have a couple of deals with, I'm assuming, local cafes and restaurants. So on Thursday to Saturday, I think they've got a Peruvian restaurant that will do like a five course dinner for a I don't know a cheap price uh if you wish so you can choose that they have a cafe that does apparently sensational bacon and egg rolls um so you can order those if you wish uh they also have a cafe downstairs that does coffee every morning so yeah I've tried their coffee it's pretty good uh, because otherwise I just have the instant coffee and tea sachets here in the room you know what you usually get with a basic hotel um what else food not much to tell there um oh yes you have a covid test two in fact um one on day two i think it's within 48 hours of your arrival you have a covid test so i have had mine already um and then you have another one on day 12 I believe um just to be safe I guess uh so yeah I had that COVID test they called me the nurse called me they have a nurse that calls everybody they go through a couple of questions with you about you know if you're taking any medication any health conditions blah 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 um then they say okay you've got a COVID test tomorrow all good and I was like yep all good see you then um so then they knocked on my door and two people came in. Uh, they didn't come in, sorry. Uh, they just stood outside and they're all dressed, dressed in their like, um, you know, protective gear. Everything's, everything's covered. Um, uh, kind of like hazmat suits, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they said, okay, we're going to take a swab of your, the back of your throat and one swab inside each uh, nostril. And I was like, cool. Um, so... Yeah, that was all very, very quick. It was over in a matter of seconds. Um, And then they were like, okay, cool, thanks, bye. And then they left. And so, yeah, that was it, really. That was my only interaction with people. Um, So looking forward to hanging out again on day 12, guys. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Uh, what else? COVID test, food. Somebody called me today to check up on me. Um... I don't know if she was a nurse or some sort of psychologist or something. I think they just kind of check on your well-being and, you know, how are you finding quarantine and uh, are you speaking to friends and family? Uh, how did you get here? How did you? How is your sleep? Like they're just sort of, you know, checking that you're doing okay, which um, I assume that this process is, is a lot harder for some people than it is for others. And I've had my moments too. It's only day five, I believe. Yeah, five. I think it's, I think it's five if I'm counting right. (laughs) Um, I can count to five, can't I? Yeah. Um, yeah, I've had my moments where I'm like, oh, fuck, like this, this is not good. Um, you know, you kind of feel a little claustrophobic a little bit, but for the most part, I think I've been doing pretty well. Um, 
the first two days I was pretty sleepy, so I just kind of slept off the jet lag a little. Um, watched watched Netflix, ate, <laughs> you know, called friends and family and chatted to some people. So I, I don't know. I'm really good at wasting time sometimes. I surprise myself. But um, yeah, and then the next couple of days I've just been working out. I've been making sure that I exercise every day um, and then – uh, what else have I been doing? That's kind of it, really. I just exercise. I watch TV. Uh, I brought a puzzle with me. So I started a puzzle today, which is kind of fun because I like puzzles. Um, I think it's of Montreal or Quebec. Somewhere in Quebec. I don't know. Um, but that's keeping me busy for a while. But um, the rest of the time I've just been dancing around like I just put on music and I just dance around and walk around and I don't know go to the bathroom and look in the mirror and I go to the window and look out the window and then dance around in between like it's <laughs> I don't know like I'm sure there are harder days to come for sure but um, for the most part right now I'm doing okay people are checking in on me which is great I've been talking to my mom I've been talking to my cousin every day like it's been great um, one day I was kind of confused because a lot of my friends were talking to me in the morning and I was like, what the hell are you guys doing awake? And I was like, wait a minute, I'm in the same hemisphere as you now. So that makes total sense. Like it just, I just kind of forgot where I was. Like my, I'm losing my mind a little bit, <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, <laughs> um, that's kind of all I'm doing at the moment. Um, I guess when I run out of things to do, I could always just count the windows on the building next door. I've got a pretty good view, actually. I don't, I think I'm in central Perth. Um, I'm not quite sure where, like what I'm looking at exactly, but I've, I can see some water. I don't know if it's a river or a lake or something. I, I could Google it, but I'm not going to because I don't care. But um, yeah, I can see some water and then there's mostly just high rise buildings. Um, but at night, it's really pretty with the lights and everything. Um, so I don't know. The view's kind of nice and most days have been sunny. Today's a bit gloomy. Yesterday was kind of rainy, but the rest of... Oh, look, here we go. I'm talking about the weather. Um, the rest of the week is looking pretty sunny. So that's nice because I've got a big window. It lets a lot of light in. I really like that. Um, yeah don't know what else to say really um about quarantine I mean I do have a lot of time to just sit and think um so I guess that sort of gets to you a little bit mostly in my case I've just been thinking about like what I'm gonna do when I get back to Sydney and how to like rebuild I guess my life because this wasn't really part of my plan um, I mean, it was kind of, you know, in the last 10 weeks, but it wasn't really part of my plan to come back this early. Um, and also one of the reasons why I came back to Australia was I, my cousin is getting married in August and I really needed to come back for the wedding. I wanted to come back for the wedding. Um, but with the restrictions, you know, there's no international travel. I thought, what are the chances that I'm going to be able to leave again? Like it's probably, I'm probably better off just packing up my things, coming back sticking around for a while and then I can always go back to Canada later on if I wanted to. Um, 
So yeah, like I was at least going to come back for that visit, but it turns out it's, yeah, probably a better plan to just stick around. Um, so that's what I'm going to do. And like, yeah, I've just been thinking, oh, what am I going to do? Like, where am I going to live? Like, I've got to, I've got to move back in with my mum, which I'm sure she's thrilled about. And I'm thrilled to see her. But I said to her when I left, I was like, mum, this is the last time I'm going to live with my parents. This is the last time. And she said, no, you'll be back. <laughs> and I said, no, <laughs> this is the last time I live with my parents. Like, I'm too old now. This is like, I no, no more. Um, but as soon as I got to Canada, I was living with living with my dad for a while. Um, and then now I'm going back to living with my mom. So yeah, uh, fun times ahead. Um, <laughs> no, she's a good roommate. It's good. Um, but yeah, I've been thinking about, you know, where, where do I want to live? Like I've, I now have to try and make Sydney a little bit more permanent, I guess. Um, or make a little bit more effort to settle here, I guess, for, for the time being. Because obviously I don't think I don't think restrictions are going to lift anytime soon. So I don't want to be living in this like limbo state where I'm like, oh, no, just wait. Oh, you know, I don't want to get too comfortable here because I might wait. No, like I need to, I need to just enjoy it. Like I need to just settle into it, lean into it and enjoy it because I'll be here for a while. <laughs> which is a good thing. Like I, I, it is a good thing. Um, I think being away from Australia and like COVID made everything a lot harder, but being away from Australia really made me see things a little differently. Um, it really made me appreciate the little things in my life that I have and had had and have. Yeah. Um, it makes me appreciate my friends and family a lot more. Not that I didn't appreciate them before, but I just, I realize how important it is to me to be around friends and family all the time. Um, I love going off and doing my own thing, but I need to have that support network. Um, so that that became very, very clear to me. And I, I have family in Canada as well, but because of the restrictions, I wasn't able to see a lot of them, um, which was sad, but I can always go back. So that's that's always an option. So I didn't quite have the same support network and it's no one's fault um, over there that, that I would have here in Sydney. Um, so I realized how important that is to me, which is a good thing. Um, yeah, especially when times are tough and you're just really, you just really struggle to see like the light at the end of the tunnel. It's really, really, really important to be able to reach out to people and for them to, to be able to support you or just to be there when you need to chat or be there when you, when you just need a reminder that things will be okay it's not permanent. Um, yeah, so that that was a bit of an eye-opener for me. Like it seems like it would be obvious, but you, you do forget sometimes. Because when, when I go traveling, I very rarely feel homesick. Very, very rarely. And it's not because I'm like, oh, you know, catch you guys never. Like see ya. No, it's not that. It's just that usually when you're traveling, you're so busy and you're having fun and you're, you're out and about and you're doing things and you're distracted so that 
I don't know, you don't, I mean, some people might feel homesick, but I, I don't really ever get that feeling when I'm traveling because I'm usually very distracted doing something else. And then by the time I get home, I'm like, oh my God, yay, like so excited to see everyone. It's been so long, whatever, cool. Um, and then, you know, you have all the stories to tell and it's all very exciting. But this time was different. Um, when I was over there, I was doing pretty much nothing. I was inside all the time. Um, I didn't really know anyone. I didn't meet anyone new that entire time. Well, I I did. I met like, you know, one or two people. One or two people besides my roommates. Um, it was a very lonely experience. And even though I was around some people, I still felt lonely. And that's really, really hard to deal with sometimes. Um, I'm used to being on my own quite a bit. I'm an only child. I didn't grow up with siblings. I grew up close to my cousins, um, but I, you know, I somewhat got used to being by myself and, you know, I've traveled by myself before and I, I usually like to go and do my own thing else, like not just traveling, but just in general. Like I like to, I, I like my space. That's, you know, no worries, but this, this was very different and, I didn't really like it, <laughs> um, to say the least. I it was just tough not talking to people and not not talking to people in person and not being able to explore the city and interact with people you wouldn't really consider to be an important part of your day. But like maybe just you know going to a cafe and ordering a coffee and interacting with the barista, and then going to the grocery store and interacting with the um, the what do you call it the like the checkout people what what are they called the checkout people I don't know sorry sorry if you're a checkout person I don't know what what's what's the the role what's the title anyway interacting with people like that and just I don't know just like basic tasks interacting with people various people throughout your day I was lonely that's just it. I was I was pretty lonely. Um, I lived with two two wonderful people um, who were also going through a very tough time. We were all going through this tough time together, um, but we all had very different situations, um, dealing with different daily struggles, um, trying to help each other. Um, we did our best, and there were some days. I would say a lot of days where we, we did have fun and yeah, like it was, you know, there were some days that were a lot easier than others, but I don't know, like I still went to bed almost every night thinking, what am I doing? Like, why, why am I here? What am I doing? Is this ever going to change? Am I ever going to get the experience that I anticipated or that I dreamed of, I guess, not dreamed of, like, just, I don't know, just thought it would be different. Um, and it's, again, it's no one's fault. Like it's a global pastrami for God's sake. Um, but that you're still allowed to feel disappointed. You know, I, I'm still allowed to feel disappointed because that's what happened. Like I, and I know I'm not the only one, like I think everybody, everybody had plans that they had to cancel. Like people had fucking weddings and, um, 
parties planned and like big milestones and celebrations planned and travel plans and they had all sorts of things planned and all of that turned to shit when this whole thing blew up um so I I get it and yeah I just I also sat with that thought for a very long time like what am I doing here like is it going to change I don't I don't think so like I'm disappointed I don't know what to do like I don't everybody's in a different time zone so I I have trouble trying to talk to people back home and yeah it was just it was hard to watch everyone else at home as well like on social media living life pretty normally like for you know for a while there I know everybody was in lockdown here as well but um didn't seem to be for very long which is good it's a great thing um it's a great thing that this country has handled the situation quite well um but yeah it was hard watching that because obviously I was so happy for (laughs) so happy for everyone to be free because I wouldn't wish this upon anybody but it was just yeah it was kind of disappointing to to know that it's going to be a while before I get to experience that too um and you know it's not not like oh I just want to go out and party like of course of course I do but (laughs) I just wanted to be able to like set up a life like I wanted to be able to find a job and work in an office or I mean work somewhere externally not work from home where I could meet people at work as well like socialize that way and you know get a cool job that I would learn a lot from and just learn about being in this new city and learn these new ways of living and I don't know I just it was going to be a whole lot of new experiences and the new experiences that I got were not great. (laughs) Um, Even just grocery shopping I found difficult in the end and maybe because I was in a bit of a weird headspace by this point but just a simple task like going to the grocery store. I just everything just felt so unfamiliar every single time I went there almost every day or almost every second day and yet still everything just felt so unfamiliar like I just didn't I just didn't know where I was I couldn't I couldn't even do my grocery shopping like I mean I'm you know I managed but it was just like it was just such a fucking hassle every time um and then you know everybody's just acting kind of weird because the whole mask situation and the social distance situation and the area that I lived in was kind of sketchy as well. Like it was, it was fine. I, I it was all I could afford at the time, but uh, there was just some colorful characters around. Uh, so there was just always something happening at the store and somebody trying to shoplift. So then, then security's escorting them out and they're screaming and yelling. So everybody, every time I went to the grocery store, somebody was yelling and it was just like a lot. It was just all these little things just kept building up and building up and building up. And I just thought, oh my God is this ever going to end? Is th- is there ever going to be any sort of joy in the world again? <laughs> um, on top of that, it was winter and that's a winter that I have not experienced in a very long time. Canada, Canadian winter is very, very tough. Um, and apparently this was one of the milder winters that they've had in a while. So, um, yeah that was not fun um, because the only thing I really had to do outside was I could go for a walk. I could walk around, um, but it's so cold that you 
you kind of don't want to go for a walk. Like it's, it's not really nice to be outside. The wind is like ice cold. So then you got to put on 20,000 layers and then it's still cold. And <laughs> um, walking around was not that fun either because, you know, I got kind of bored of the same old path that I was walking. So I tried to change it up and I think I exhausted all areas of my neighborhood. Um, and then going elsewhere around the city um, was kind of dangerous as well. Uh, not dangerous, but it was just like, it was risky. Like, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't go too far or you shouldn't be outside too much, um, or around people too much because it's just risky. Um, at the time there were fucking Trump protesters in the city center and, um, protests about the, the, you know, oh, why do we have to wear our masks? It's against our rights, blah, blah, blah. All the fucking lunatics in the city center, just wear a mask. What's the big deal? Like, just wear it. Yeah, it's an inconvenience, but like, it's an inconvenience for people who are dying. So just fucking wear it. It's really not a big deal. Um, I mean, it is a big deal. It's a big deal because whatever, it's preventative. So just wear it. Don't argue with me. <laughs> so I'm trying to remain positive, um, which is harder some days than others. Um, but I'm trying to remain positive about, you know, what's to come, like in the future when I go back to Sydney. Um, yeah, just like setting up my life again. It's all exciting. I get to do normal things and be out and about with people, which will be kind of weird at first, actually, because I haven't really been around people maskless. Um, so I'm going to have to start wearing normal clothes again because in Canada, I was wearing my bloody pajamas out every day or like sweats, um, which is fine. Like sweats are comfortable, but it just like, just, just looked like a bum every day. Like <laughs> just really dressed down. Like nobody cares because everybody's dressed for survival, um, rather than fashion. Um, and there's nowhere to go out anyway. So it's, why would you dress up? Who cares? Um, yeah, and just the weather and everything. So, yeah, I'm just walking around in my pajamas all the time. Now I've got to wear clothes, which is weird, and my face won't be covered, so I guess i got to put my face on. Um, that's going to be different. A whole year without doing that. So, yeah, anyway. Um, but, yeah, I'm trying to... I'm trying not to sort of dwell on the disappointment of leaving Canada too much. Um there are times where I kind of think maybe this whole thing will, was a blessing in disguise, um, the whole experience, because even though it was really, really hard, maybe it was kind of meant to happen to teach me a lesson in a way. Um, and let me elaborate on that. So I don't really believe in the whole like, oh, everything happens for a reason. Like, I don't know. Some Sometimes, sure, that could be true. But um I, I'm trying to look at it this way. Like maybe it was something that I needed to go through in order to pull apart everything that I know and everything that I'm used to, everything that's familiar so that I could rebuild with only the pieces that I, that I wanted to put back together. Like 
when I left Australia, I, I felt really unsettled and I was like, oh, I, I just, you know, obviously I want to go over to a new city just to like have fun and see what happens and whatever. But I also just felt kind of lost a little bit. Like I just felt like stuck in a rut and I feel like this a lot, like it happens frequently, but yeah, like I just thought I, I'm stuck in a rut. I, I feel a little bit lost. I don't really know what to do with my life. Like I don't really know where I want to be, what I want to do, what kind of life I want to live. Like I just, you know, having one of those existential crises, um, on the daily, um, like what is the meaning of everything? Yeah. Um, so I just kind of think sometimes maybe this was a blessing in disguise. Maybe it was a way for me to like dismantle everything the way that I look of, look at everything, the way that I live my life now um, or used to live my life and sort of figure out, you know, what what do I like about it and what don't I like about it and which, which parts do I want to just put to bed and like, you know, um, walk away from and which parts of my life do I want to do more of and, you know, what are the things I enjoy and, um, oh, and, and that's another thing like, over the course of being locked locked down or you know whatever you want to call it i realized like i don't really have any hobbies that aren't externally influenced so a lot of my hobbies i guess would be they would require that i have friends around me so like i you know i love going out for drinks on the weekend with my friends and i love going out for brunch on the weekend with my friends and i love going for coffee with my friends and um, I like traveling, which means, you know, I need to be able to travel. So like, um, a lot of my hobbies were externally influenced and now none of the, at the time, none of those things could have happened. Like I wasn't around people and I wasn't able to travel and I just thought, well, shit, what, what do I like to do? That's just on my own. That's just for me. Um, so I really had to think about that and, and yeah, that's something I'm still thinking about. Like, what do I really want to do? Like, that's just mine and just for me. And when I'm sitting in the room by myself, like what do I like to do? Um, maybe I needed a bit of a wake-up call, a reality check, I guess, um, because I thought I, was, I thought I was doing all of the things that I enjoyed, but really maybe I'm not. Like maybe I'm not living my life to the fullest as, as I thought I was. Um, or maybe there's just other interests that I never took part in for whatever reason that now I can do that because I, I can focus on that. I have the time and I have the, the time by myself to do that. Or I don't know, I, at the time of planning to go to Canada, like I, I was supposed to go over with a friend, um, and then she couldn't come because of the, the whole travel thing, but the restrictions and stuff, but, um, we were talking about, you know, when we get to Canada, we'll, we'll try all these new activities. Like, oh, let's, let's take up boxing. Let's do a dance class. Like, I don't know, just try all these different activities. Like let's do pottery. Let's do, let's go travel here. Let's, um, uh, I don't know. Let's go to like a stand up comedy club. Like that was my idea, probably not hers, but, (laughs) um, yeah, like just try all these new things. And I guess, you know, I never got to do that, but, maybe this is the best time to start doing those things like to start trying new things because I need to start to rebuild and like rediscover what I really love and what makes me happy and yeah I guess a lot of my 
interests were very heavily influenced by other people and that's fine like I really enjoyed doing those things with other people but maybe this is my time to go off on my own while still surrounded by other people (laughs) um yeah I don't know I don't know I'm just that's just kind of what I was thinking like maybe this was sort of meant to happen for a reason and to make me sort of look at these things that I kept pushing away and or didn't think were important but now I realize no they're, they're pretty important um mental health was another reason that I came back um my well as you already know from this podcast like I I struggle with my mental health quite a lot more than I realized uh and I thought you know what I need I need help and I thought I probably can't get the help that I need in Canada by myself. And I think if you're going to take anything away from this episode, take this away with you. Like, don't be afraid to ask for help. I should advocate this more often. Like, I, I'm always afraid to ask for help. It sounds really silly, but I hate the feeling of not being able to take care of myself and look up and yeah, support myself, look after myself, whatever, like however you want to put it, you can take care of yourself and by taking care of yourself and by, sorry, by asking for help, you are taking care of yourself. So remember that, like you, you shouldn't be afraid to ask for help and it's really difficult, I know. I feel like I've gone 28 years trying not to ask for help and it has not always been the best method. I probably could have saved myself a lot of anxiety and um, what is it like adversity I guess over the years had I paid more attention to my emotions paid more attention to my feelings and or not just not necessarily just your feelings or your emotions but also your thoughts I feel like you need to listen to your thoughts a little bit more and the way that you talk to yourself a little bit more and you need to recognize when Uh, when it's a little bit too destructive you know we all have our days when we could be a little bit nicer to ourselves but sometimes it's gone a little too far and you need to recognize when you've gone a little too far I don't know that sounds a little cryptic but what I'm saying is just like just ask for help if you need it for the love of God there's nothing wrong with it like you're you're looking after yourself by asking for help that's the best way you can look after yourself is to pay attention to your mental health pay attention put it first put your mental health first because you literally cannot do anything else until you get that under control you can be a much better person and a much happier person and a much more 
you can give a lot more too. Like when you look after your mental health, you can be there for people a lot more. You can't be there for other people as much if you if you're not in a good place yourself. So that was one of the main reasons why I came back because I I need to be I need to have a different kind of support network. I need to have a close support network and I also need to look after my mental health and that's that's my that's the first thing on my agenda of when I get back to Sydney is I need to I need to sort that out. I need to go see someone. I need to I need to ask for help. That's what it is. I probably could have done it in Canada, but I I need to be surrounded by more people, I think. And that's okay. I don't know. I sometimes sort of get into a little bit of a battle with myself about that. Like, oh, you know, oh, you can't do anything on your own. Oh, you're such a baby. Like, whatever. No, like, I know I can do things on my own. And I do do things on my own. But there's nothing wrong with asking for help. Because if you don't, you can get into a lot of trouble. So, sorry to take this down into a strange mood. Um, but it's very important. Like, I don't know. It's, it's not strange, I guess. It's very common and very normal. Well, not normal. I mean, it's common, but it's not normal. Like you shouldn't feel like this, but, (laughs) um, but yeah, I, I hope that you, you remember this, like from all my ramblings, I hope that you remember that the most, like ask for help when you need it. It's really, really important. Um, there's nothing wrong with you. Or, you know, maybe there is, but if you ask for help, you can sort it out. You can figure it out and fix it. And that's my main takeaway of this. You know, you're you're allowed to be disappointed when things are things don't go to plan. Especially big life changing things don't go to plan. Um, and you need to know when when you need help and you need to be able to ask for help. Uh, so I'm not really sure how to bring the mood back up after all of that, but I hope I answered some of your quarantine questions. Um, that's pretty much the whole process. There's not really much else to it. I just have to keep busy. That's all. Which, yeah, it is harder sometimes, but okay at other times. Like, I don't know. I... I have my laptop here, so I guess I'm okay as long as I've got the internet. This hotel's pretty good. They give you complimentary Wi-Fi the whole time you're here. And apparently, if you're just a guest, it's you have to pay for it. Um, so that's good. And they, they have like a, a Facebook group that you join and they, they tell you what's on the menu for each meal. And they do little competitions sometimes, like first person to comment this, blah, 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 will get a free cheeseburger sent to their room or something. So I don't know. They, they're trying to do a good job of like keeping everybody's spirits high and um trying to trying to help make everything comfortable oh I guess uh cleaning I didn't cover cleaning yet so nobody can come in to clean your room so it's not really you know you think when you go to a hotel somebody's like coming in like housekeeping come in and clean the room and they change the sheets and they clean the bathroom and blah 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 but no they can't do that this time um it's not like a regular hotel visit uh I believe that you can re- you can request extra towels and um, fresh sheets and everything, but you do have to change them yourself. Um, so they have, they've actually given me like towels and everything 
already when I got here. Um, so I haven't had to ask for any new stuff just yet. Um, but yeah, they've given you sort of the, the bags to put the dirty sheets in. You leave them outside your door, you call them, you request new ones, they'll send them up and then you change the sheets yourself. You get your fresh towels, you clean your bathroom. They give you like little cleaning things. So I've got like a, like a sponge and some cloths and dishwashing liquid because they've given me like a plate, a knife and fork, some coffee cups, some wine glasses, some drinking glasses. They give me like a huge bottle of water, um, like a, like a filtered water kind of thing, um, so yeah, I have to like wash my own dishes if I'm, if I use them, sometimes the meals come up in these little foil trays and I'm just like, fuck it, I'm not washing dishes. I'm going to eat straight out of the foil tray. Why would I wash dishes when I don't have to? Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's fine. It's really not a big deal. Um, it's more the, the boredom. That's, that's the problem for most people. It's, and you know, that you can't leave the room. So you get, you kind of just feel a little bit trapped sometimes. That's, that's the problem. It's not so much like the cleaning thing or the food thing. It's, it's the, um, stimulation and the boredom that is the problem. Um, but for me so far, so good. Um, as long as I keep in contact with people, I've uh, got a lot of Netflix to watch. Um, I'm going to keep doing my puzzle. That's about it. I guess I could uh, pump out a few more episodes of this podcast, hey? I've got some uh, lost time to make up for, which I'm excited about. Um, I still want to continue this podcast because I enjoy it. Um, it is a little stressful because, you know, it's still new and I'm just like, I... I doubt myself all the time and I don't know if people want to listen to this, but here it is. So <laughs> you can either listen or don't. I don't care. Um, but yeah, I would like to keep it going. So I don't know. Uh, send me a message if you like it or if you're interested because it's good to know that people are enjoying it. Um, but yeah, hopefully it gets better and better as it goes. Right, so I've got a really busy schedule to get to, lots of things to do, as I've mentioned, so <laughs> I guess I'll wrap it up here. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. Um, more episodes to come, I promise, uh, now that, I don't know, my life will be a little more stable, maybe, we'll see. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, just remember, ask for help when you need it. Don't worry if things have turned to shit and your plans have turned upside down, you will bounce back. You will come back better than ever uh, because you have to, basically. But <laughs> yeah, just remember, nobody cares. Everybody's on their own path. Um, thank you for listening. I really hope you enjoyed it. Um, and I will talk your ear off in my next episode. Bye.